we had a wedding that turned out to be uh well we had a wedding that turned out (laughs) awesome okay okay. Uh, and originally they were talking to us and one other place and they were like hey this this place charges this we prefer your work they also said they gave us a discount would you be able to discount at all like down to their rate or down to their discounted rate or whatever and i was just like no like we don't do that it's not fair to our couples we never have and that's you know so it's easy for us because we've we've said no and we don't mind being asked like i get it i would ask for a discount too oh man there's more from where that came from welcome to the wedding video boss podcast where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and on wednesdays a sneak peek into my world as a wedding videographer i'm your host paul santiago thank you so much for being here i cannot wait for you to hear my next guest My next guest is Bobby Burns, and we are talking about what it takes to maintain a video business for more than 10 years. He's going to talk about the keys to consistency and the things he's noticed while he did this website critiquing a while ago for wedding videographers. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this one, especially if you're starting out or if you're trying to figure out your style. There's no secret formula. All you have to do It's just listen to all these people I'm giving you, and you learn from it. He's ready, so I can't wait for you to hear this. Let's start the shower. I I said show, show, shower, not shower. I said show. (laughs) Bobby and Micah run Redmond Digital Media, an award-winning wedding film and photo company. They're based in Minneapolis, but often find themselves shooting elsewhere. They have been in the industry for 12 years. Yes, they started when they were 10 years old. I swear, these guys look so young. And are constantly pushing themselves to polish their craft and grow their business with an emphasis placed on their client experience. When they are not working, they enjoy traveling, exploring the outdoors, Spending time with their dog Kodak and training for American Ninja Warrior. He's not kidding. Friends, help me in welcoming Bobby Burns. Hey, Bobby, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Hey, uh, you know I've I've been. It's funny because when when I met you, it was in a random chat. Well, a random group on Reddit, which yeah. was the wedding videography group, and I'm like. Who is this guy? He's so knowledgeable, but you know the 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 web is a really dark place, and <laughs> everyone has their own opinions. For and sure. you're you have a, a lot of information that you're just giving away for free, and you don't even it doesn't even feel like you're trying to be like a smartass, which I love. <laughs> so, because yeah, whenever I post something there, they're like so just vicious. Their, yeah. their reaction is just so heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm like, guys, come on. I'm just trying to help that people out. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, thank, thanks for being uh, as humble and as knowledgeable. <laughs> for sure. So before we start, I would love it if you uh, tell the viewers and the listeners something about yourself that they probably don't know. Um, let's see. If you, don't, if you don't know me or we're not Facebook friends... Um, an interesting fact about me is I train for the show American Ninja Warrior, and I was a competitor last year. 
Um, I've got a competition coming up. I'm hoping to make it to world finals this year. Um, so yeah, it's a oh, that's cool. A side I, thing for me. Uh, you just added me on Facebook, so I didn't see that, but that's amazing. Oh, okay. So yeah, videos here and there. Have but. you have you seen those videos where these this Asian guys just running through the track without any problems? Oh yeah, that was in uh. So Ninja Warrior came from a show called Sasuke, which is in Japan. And I think that's where that was. It was this guy just like did not stop. I think he ran a course that, you know, takes a lot of people longer and ran it in like under a minute. That was nuts. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Holy crap. And he was like, he had like a normal build. I'm pretty sure he had like, he's like pretty well cut underneath his clothes. But from the outside, he was okay. You want to be, you want to be, you know, a smaller, lighter guy. Faster, yeah. I I excel, uh partially because of that yeah 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 i think also with like dancing it's kind of like the same when you're like a break dancer it's easier and other stuff rock climbing similar you just you don't want to carry a lot of weight you know yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. that makes sense except for jason momoa like every time i i I added him on instagram like man this guy's like six foot four or something and yeah he's just climbing these things without any problem yeah there's advantages there too you got a longer reach and you know stuff like that so. hopefully one day one day i'm gonna climb my rock yeah do it <laughs> so okay so uh, let's get into what your origin story is how you got into the industry and what you're up to right now totally um so the way i got into the industry was 2006 or so probably um we had a thing in school i was in high school at the time where you could take a month off of school you could do a project, you could shadow uh, somebody in a field you were interested in, just kind of a variety of things. And um, I chose to basically intern for a guy um, who, who really turned into a mentor. Um, and then I worked for him for a little while as well. And uh, just kind of learned under him. Um, he took a, a very open approach with me. Nothing was off limits. Um, you know, he wanted to basically teach me everything that he knew. Um, and we've kind of taken that a little bit too, just as we've had, like we've had tons of interns over the years, uh, even just with the YouTube tutorials that I'm doing and podcasts like this and everything. Like we really like to kind of, I feel like I wouldn't be where I am without the level of openness that he had with me. And so we kind of try to flip that around and, and do the same thing for people that are learning from us. Um, and so, yeah, I did that. I went to school, uh, college in California. Um, so I was out there for a while. I started, you know, shooting my own stuff out there. And I also shot for some other companies as well during that time. And by the time I graduated, I was, I was working full time, uh, shooting weddings kind of alongside school. And so it just kind of, you know, it's, it's funny. I went to school, I went to school for cinematography. Um, but that's more, you know, set stuff and short films and whatever. And, um, I, you know, I love, I love doing weddings at the time, but I never really saw it as like, this is what I want my career to be. You know, um, I was very much of the mindset that I wanted to go for to school for something that I loved. And if I, uh, just had to work a, you know, a sales job or whatever on the side to do what I love, that was fine. Um, but luckily it's, it's been good. And, uh, my wife joined me when we were engaged around that same time um, towards the end of school for me. And yeah, we've just been going strong ever since. 
so with a move move cross country as well in there so yeah i was just gonna ask so where are you based out of yeah so we're based in minneapolis um but we shoot all over we still shoot in california a lot and then shoot around the u.s and occasionally internationally as well so when you when you started out your company what were the I don't it, I don't know if you still remember but what were the biggest challenges that you faced? Yeah, I think there were a few things. One of the things was just the like logistics of starting a business. So, kind of unrelated to wedding video. I mean, it could have been a wedding photo, it could have been you know, you name it. Um just trying to figure out especially not wanting to spend money, um trying to figure out a contract, trying to figure out what type of business license do I need, trying to figure out do I need to charge sales tax? And if so, what, you know, what for and what rate and all this stuff. And, um, that part of it was very much a self learning, not situation yeah. and just kind of stumbling through it. And uh, as I look back, you know, there were probably mistakes I made, but, um, you know, it's, it's all, it's all good now. Um, and I think another thing too, is just knowing when, to take that leap kind of, to kind of just say like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I, I lucked out in the fact that I had pretty steady work shooting weddings at the time that I graduated college, which is a natural transition on its own. But um, I, you know, especially looking back and thinking like, well, what if I had already been out of school and in a career path for a year or two years or whatever? Um, I think I could see that as, as being a really difficult step to take. So what do you think you would have done differently if if there was any cuz usually you know the yeah. journey is the 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 journey is the gift right so what would you have done differently if you if given a chance Hmm that's a good question I think I like a lot of people and this is something that I I kind of I think we'll probably get into later and I kind of try to bring up to people especially when they're newer is like I was so focused on gear and I think that Um, especially going to like film school and you're kind of just like molded to care so much about the gear um, in, in some ways. And so, you know, you're constantly thinking like, well, I don't know if I can actually do this wedding justice because I don't have X, Y, Z or like you're, it's always, I mean, you're basically in like building mode for years of that when you're, when you have that mindset and it, it really detracts from, your storytelling, it really detracts from how you're running your business and, you know, things that are a lot more important than gear when it comes down to, it. I think there's a threshold like, yeah, you know, you need to have a camera and you need to have a backup camera and it needs to be of a certain quality, but like you can make amazing films with very little, um, Oh yeah. Or, you know, not top of the line. And, you know, so we, we survived with a T2I and a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't afford. I, mean, <laughs> I couldn't afford a slider, and every time I pull it out in the, in a shoot, they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cute!" But then looking yeah. back, I'm like, "Oh my god, I wish yeah. I just grabbed like There's a slider." Stuff like that, where you're like, "Hmm, like, <laughs> did it work?" Yes. Yes. Like, yeah, but beyond that, like, I, I my first slider, I got it off of a guy that I. Oh no, I bought it on Craigslist. Uh, and I met this guy and he was a wedding videographer and I started chatting with him and then I ended up shooting for him for a little while. Um, and I was like a 48 inch slider or something. Oh and like, I was bringing that to every wedding. I was like, yeah, it's so cool. And like, <laughs> you know, this was before like 
this was when it was just like the carriage straight on the bar. Like there was no resistance. Yeah. There was no, like, it wasn't that smooth. Plus like, you know, at 48 inches long, like, and nice. I was just mounting it in the middle on a tripod. So like, if you go to the extremes, it would just like, bang, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah it's so it's so disappointing yeah i i remember getting one of those and it's the one where you could put two tripods from end to end mine could i just chose not to it was just <laughs> it was a nightmare i yeah. just gave it away because or, like we so this uh, before actually they were probably out but like travel jibs if they were out they weren't a big thing we had a legit you know i mean it wasn't it was huge it wasn't huge it was eight feet or ten foot but we had like a ten foot jib and the thing weighed like a million pounds and we brought it Holy to every crap. wedding for, you know, four years, five years or something. Um, so I've never look back at that and you're just like, hmm. why? <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never tried a jib before. It's, yeah. it's, you need to balance it, right? Or do you need to put weights on the other side? Or I something? mean, you balance it, but it's, it's not like balancing a gimbal or anything. Like it's so, okay. it's very, um, it's very uh, lenient or, you know, whatever, forgiving, I guess, on the yeah. balance. So, yeah, I, like I just threw, I think at the time we were shooting on 5D Mark IIs or maybe Mark III was out at that point still. I don't really know. But, you know, we threw 10 pounds on the back of it. And it kind of depends, yeah, like how long it's extended and stuff. The new travel jibs, like the, um, the one by, uh, I can't think of it, but. There's a, a big one. I can't remember the name. And that one like works really well because you can add weight, but you can also like move the weights back and forward. And we have that now too, but we don't really use it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have equipment there that you probably you haven't used in like four years. Oh yeah. We actually, <laughs> my wife and I were talking, we were like today, like tonight after dinner, what we need to do is take all of our gear and like take pictures and try to sell it. But we've also been saying that we need to do that for like a year. So we'll see. <laughs> or donate it in a museum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Seriously. <laughs> I have a tripod. That's like, I'll never sell it. I'll also probably never use it. Like I've tried to sell it multiple times. Yeah. I don't know, but it's a tripod. It's a good tripod, but like, why do I want to bring that one around? It weighs like 50 pounds, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't go any higher than the ones I have that are, you know, carbon fiber and weigh like four pounds. So. Oh my gosh. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny going through all these things because we, we're gearheads, like videographers yep. are naturally gearheads, but at the same time we couldn't afford it. So we always get all these knockoffs or yeah. not even knockoffs. Like, before I go to, I went to Target to buy a tripod, like a Sunpack tripod. Yeah, oh yeah! <laughs> I tried so hard to make it feel like it's an expensive tripod whenever I do yeah. shots. And uh, like when I was talking about the skateboard before, I wasn't mm -hmm. just bringing a skateboard. I was bringing a whole board that the, <laughs> and then I'm gonna put the skateboard on top of it, on it yeah, just so it's like. Cross or whatever. I'll I'll yeah. probably post that video of the the slider shot in this uh, video podcast because awesome. it's just so <laughs> funny. So if 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 I were to go back and change something, yeah. I would have probably played around with my equipment first before I used it for a wedding. Yeah, because the, sure. like the slider. I, yeah. I just brought it and I'm like, hope for the best. Here we go. Yeah. Or but the, some of that too yeah. is like you don't like in the moment, it doesn't phase you, right? When you're showing up with a skateboard, you're like, oh, that's a sick shot. Like that was awesome. <laughs> or like, you know, you're showing like I was showing up with the giant slider, a 48 inch. And I'm like, well, I can't use it at the very end because it bent, you know, 45 degrees. But that was pretty sweet. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and then I use it for 20 more weddings or something. Oh, you my know? gosh. So, that's amazing. Uh, 
I don't know. That's just part of it. And you, you learn. And I think being more of a veteran in the industry, like you can look at people who are starting out and like, I've seen posts of people like, Oh yeah, I'm thinking about making my own like gimbal. And it's got like, you know, blocks of wood counterbalancing it or whatever. And you're like, like probably I wouldn't show up to a wedding with that, but yeah. you know, you do you, you'll learn. So it's whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably going to look like a little tykes toy, but yeah. if it works, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if it produces, I mean, ultimately, if you're getting awesome footage, like, and you have a weird way to do it, and your clients are okay with it, whatever, right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, maybe you don't get as many referrals because the guests there think you're crazy or something. But outside of that, you know, whatever. I think, I think. Uh, also, if I were to do something, go back and do something differently, I would have probably gotten a mentor first mm. before yeah. I bought equipment. Because yeah. that would have been so valuable for me. That's one thing that I like. I don't know if you see me on different Facebook groups or Reddit forums or whatever. But one of the things that I, you know, there's there's a few things that I feel like I just really try to hammer down. Or maybe they just come up so frequently that I find myself saying the same thing frequently. But one of the things that I, I really stand behind is the value of second shooting. And especially if you can have That's you right. know, somebody that you're second shooting for consistently that's obviously going to be better than bouncing around between a ton of companies, but it's kind of like a built-in mentorship in that way, because they obviously, you know, their end goal is probably usually not for you to learn everything you need to do and then ditch them and do your own thing and be a competitor in the market. But while you're shooting for them, their goal is to get you up to par and you get this, you know, amazing mentorship, assuming that they are good at what they do and running a good business and whatever you get, to play around with tons of gear, you get wedding day, you know, like a wedding day is so unique. I don't care if you're the best cinematographer in the world. Like a wedding day is just, it's, it's always unique. different. Haven't yeah. done it. You're going to be caught off guard. So you're yeah. getting like all this experience and you're basically like, you're not risking anything and you're getting paid. Like I, I'm a huge proponent. I mean, I know, I know people who second shot and have done well. I know people who second shot and haven't done well. I know people who haven't second shot and just jump right in and are doing great. And, you know, people really? who, I mean, it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. People are going to get to the same point in very many different ways. But I think as far as like your best odds, I think second shooting is just super valuable. Yeah. That's why this, now I remember why I actually approached you because, because I've always seen you have like really good information when you post something, but then you, yeah. you said, I'm, I'm huge on second shooting and I feel like everyone should start there first. Yeah. And I was actually interviewing one of my uh, mentors uh, with, he taught me how to shoot on a monopod by itself, like no, no gimbal yeah. or anything. And uh, we were doing a podcast last night and we were talking about second shooting and how important it is, not only because you get to experiment, but also yep. you get to be exposed to different cultures. You get yeah. to watch people how they handle their side of the business without Absolutely. you like risking everything you know yeah so yeah i mean it goes so much further if it's the right guy or girl it's the right mentor you know or shooter that you're working under like it goes so much further than i mean just the the wedding day experience is so valuable but it goes so much further than that with you know like our interns like i said we're an open book so if they want to ask about pricing like i mean we've helped interns once they kind of start doing their own thing, I mean, we've helped them 
put together their pricing guides or their collections. I mean, we've sat down with a budget and we've put together like, Hey, here's the gear that I would buy. Right. I mean, like I, I, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to like toot our horn, but like, I think any mentor in that position is so valuable to whoever the, the mentee is. It's, it's usually just all about who wants to hear what you have to say, right? It doesn't matter right. if other people don't really care. As long as yeah. this person who's asking you is, he, you know, that, that, that person that approaches you, they already see you as an authoritative figure. Absolutely. And you, you, they, they value your information. Yeah. And on the flip side, like being somebody who's been in the industry for a long time, and I think for anybody who, who has the time to take it on, because having interns is like in your head, you're like, oh, it'll be great because they'll help me out with, you know, organizing my edits or whatever. Right. But in reality, like I think our interns get more out of it than we get out of it. And that's okay. Like we like teaching and we, we love having our interns and we love having people that we can call on, um, you know, on occasion if we need extra shooters or something. Um, but like just having somebody come in with a fresh perspective, even if they aren't well versed in weddings or running a business or whatever, like they can, they can show you things that are like very valuable to your business too. Um, we just, especially like, I don't even feel like we're old, but like social media has changed. It continues to change. I know. And everybody's always scrambling and figuring out new ways. And like, there are things that we've, done with like Instagram or whatever that like I wouldn't have thought to do it until we talked with somebody who was like newer and they're like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, that, that is makes genius. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it it, it's, it's really important for you to, I guess, talk to me about how you hire people. Like, cause I'm pretty sure you have a process because you know, it's really important for people to understand that, Whoever you hire, sometimes they're going to learn from you, but most of the time you're going to learn from them as well. And so yeah. how important is that hiring process and do you have one? So are you talking about us hiring second shooters or us getting interns or? I, I, whoever. Uh, okay. you, I can yeah. really only speak to interns. Okay, we, gotcha, gotcha. We're a husband and wife team. We very rarely, like the only time we have second shooters is not really. So we do photo and video. So if we. Um, okay. do both at a wedding, we will bring a third person. Um, it's like a very, very short list of very close friends of ours. So okay. I don't, you know, I've just known them forever. I know they're solid people. I know they're going to represent our brand well, and they're going to do good work. And I don't have a whole lot beyond that. But for interns, uh, I think the number one thing I think, you know, in my head, I'm always like, Oh, I want somebody who already knows how to control light, like can already shoot in manual and just like wants to know about running a wedding or, you know, shooting a wedding specifically or running a business. And I think that happens sometimes and that's great. But I also think the biggest thing that we've found is that the most important thing is that they care about learning. Um, like we've had people who have known nothing and, but they, they want to learn and they're going to try and they're going to put effort into it. And they have turned out to be like some of the best interns that we've had, like people that we will refer work to people that are off doing their own thing are doing, you know, phenomenal work. And we've had the flip side of people who like did know some stuff and had an interest in photo or whatever, and just, you know, didn't really have the work ethic or the desire to learn. So I think, you know, not disc like almost, obviously you want to pay attention to where they're at, uh, for an intern specifically, but, um, 
not putting so much weight in that. I think you can get rewarded with some people who are really going to put the effort in. Um, obviously for a second shooter, somebody that you're trusting to actually deliver some work right away, that's going to be different. But yeah. Okay. So you said, uh, you're a husband and wife team that does photo and video. So how many, uh, what's your average, uh, yearly annually when you do weddings? How many weddings? How many weddings do you do uh, on an average? Yeah. yeah. So for a long time, we did a hard cap at 25 weddings. Um, we wouldn't do more than that. We just felt very strongly that that was like, I'm sure we could have done more, but that like kept our sanity and that was important oh, yeah. to us. Um, as I'm sure lots of people know, like we've, like, if, you know, we've been in this industry a long time. We've seen people come and go. Uh, it's definitely a revolving door because uh, one of the big things that I, you know, mentioned in our, in my five mistakes video was taking on too much work too soon. And that can kind of go hand in hand with pricing. Um, but we really wanted to make sure that every wedding we are pumped to be there every season we are pumped for it to start. Um, and so limiting our weddings played a big role in that. Um, since then we've really, we've been dwindling that down a little bit and kind of raising our rates and doing more and more where we're doing both photo and video. Um, and so, you know, now we're probably, Mike and Micah is my wife and we would probably differ a little bit. So I would like to shoot 15. She would like to shoot 20. Uh, I think this year we're going to be at about 18. So you're meeting halfway. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that is marriage. That is marriage. (laughs) So, okay. Um, do you have uh, is this both your full-time job yeah and then do you have other sources of income when it comes to no i mean we do more than just weddings Um, we do commercial work work, Um, micah does a lot of like senior photos and stuff um i don't play a big role in that um but wedding wedding video is and always has been our the the uh, majority of our income um, mm, this great. year, since we're doing photo and video at most of our weddings, I guess you could say wedding photo and video is the majority of our income, but yeah. So you started photo and video at the same time or. Vi- no, um, I, this is another one. Uh, Mike and I felt very differently on this. This was like a real big Ooh. point of contention in our business. So we, um, we were based in Santa Barbara, California for a long time. Oh, I love um, Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we get to go back there and shoot all the time, which is great, um, especially in the winter. So, oh my um, but yeah, so we were based there for a long time. Um, you know, we really, we, we did mostly video while we were out there. Um, Micah did some photo stuff. We did some photo stuff, I guess you would say, but it, it wasn't very many weddings. We had a couple, actually the first wedding that we shot, it was a, a couple that contacted us about, sorry, first photo wedding that we shot. A couple that contacted us about photo and we like, I don't think I've given somebody a hard sell. Like we're very not salesy. I just don't, that's not us. And I don't like to run my business like that. Um, I, I gave them such a hard sell to not hire us for photo and hire us for video. And like, we could not convince them. They like, they're like, you were the videographer at our friend's wedding. And like, we saw you posted a couple Instagram photos from it. And like, we just love them so much. Can you just shoot photo for a wedding? You know, we did it and it turned out great and it was awesome. And then kind of from that point on, we, we toyed around with the idea of offering photo a little bit more. And it really wasn't until we moved back to Minneapolis. Um, you know, we did a few here and there throughout and we did a lot more other photo work. Um, but we, we just really wanted to be known as wedding video only 
And that's what I was really pushing for. And Micah really wanted us to, to start offering both. And then when we moved or a little bit before we moved, we started pushing both a little bit more and it's basically transitioned to us doing both photo and video at a majority of our weddings this year. Okay. So when you decided to include photo, did, yeah. did you have any like struggle when it came to like you individually? What did, cause you, you were talking about like people were all, there's already a, a demand for it. Right? Yeah. So one of the things I, I think again, what helped was that we were already in this natural transition. Um, one of, one of my reasons that I didn't want to offer photo when we were in Santa Barbara, which we were, you know, very well established as really a, a go-to wedding videographer. And there wasn't a whole lot of competition there. Um, is that, you know, we, we didn't want to step on the toes of these photographers that we became really good friends with. Um, you know, we loved the relationship that we had of passing them work and then passing us work when they had it and whatnot. And so that was kind of one of my big reasons. And, you know, we really did look at it. We kind of looked back and we realized that there wasn't a whole lot of weddings actually booking from some of these photographers, not to their fault at all, but just that, you know, maybe due to their price price point and therefore what the client had budgeted for video and just didn't have enough for us or whatever. Um, so we kind of looked back and that was kind of the last, like that was my main argument and it was kind of disproven, I guess you would say, where we were like, well, you know, we're, we're not really stepping on their toes that much. And, and everybody like there was super gracious about it. And it was, it, it was totally fine. Basically. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about, since we already dove a little bit into the five mistakes that you, yeah. you make, let, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I saw your video and I feel like people need to watch that. But at the same time, we could, if you could expound on it a little bit more, just to yeah. give them like a quick background. So we could start with uh, taking on too much work. Yeah. Um, so I, one thing I kind of mentioned earlier is that I think this can kind of go hand in hand with pricing, um, which is I, one of the mistakes. I think that was number one. I don't know. They might be, I, I probably have them out of order. But um, I, I just think kind of going back to that burnout thing, like you hear burnout, you hear that word tossed around a lot. And especially in this industry where you are doing almost every, like you are wearing every hat, especially when you're starting out and you have so many things to worry about. And um, you know, is my pricing right? Is my website up to date? Like, Oh, I just finished a wedding. I have to post it and blog it and send it out and then help my clients figure out how to post it. And then, Oh no, they posted it with the wrong, like, you know, freeze frame. And then like, if there's just so you're getting pulled so many different ways, um, that even if it was your first year and you did like 10 weddings, I feel like we're, like I said, we're trying to, I'm trying to bring it down to 15. Mike is trying to bring it down to 20. We're somewhere in that range. And like, we are, we are trying to, to hand off certain aspects of our business. Like we're, we got a client resource management tool to try and help us streamline stuff like that and emails and stuff like that. And like, I still feel like we're getting torn, you know, so many different directions, you know? So yeah. I think it's, it's very easy to, especially when you're starting out, especially when you don't have a routine down necessarily to take on every type of work, every wedding that comes your way. Um, and really just get it, it snowballs, right? Cause if you take on every wedding, yeah, they're all great and you're getting paid and maybe hopefully you're making good money, but like, 
you're all of a sudden you're 15 edits behind and like then you just stress about that and then you put it off at least for me i would stress and then put it off and you know so you just kind of continually build up that backlog and um i think it's easy to burn out by doing that yeah well we before maybe like three two three years ago we we did a hundred weddings a year and now that is nuts yeah (laughs) it's insane see i have I have so much white hair. Yeah. <laughs> and um, after that, we cut it down to 80. And now yeah. last year we did 63. Yeah. And now I'm I'm at this point where I kind of want to narrow it down a little bit more and yeah. concentrate well, and on I the clients. Well, and I think there's, you know, there's a couple of things to be said for that is one, obviously I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of a boutique brand, husband and wife team. So if you have more teams, obviously that number changes and you have editors and whatever. Um, but there is still a point with everybody where it's like, this is too much for me to oh, handle yeah. this much for me to wrap my brain around. And then I think the other thing too, is like you, like we want to give all of our couples the attention they deserve. Like we want to show up to every wedding and be pumped for it. Um, just stuff like that where, and at the same time, like in a, in a purely business standpoint, I've had this discussion with people and I think a lot of people feel similar to me, but there are people that feel the other way where it's like, why would you, if you can increase your craft, increase your price, wouldn't you rather make, you know, I don't know, hundred grand or whatever with 15 weddings than with 40 weddings? Um, yeah. Whatever that number is. And I also think there's, you know, from a business standpoint, there's different ways to approach it. Like some people want to work nonstop and they want to just make the highest figure that they can. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I think that one of the, I had a really d- good discussion with somebody once and I have no idea who it was. I, it might've been on Reddit. Uh, it might've been on Facebook where I was kind of coming from the other point where I was saying like, Hey, this is how much I need to live comfortably. And I'm going to make that and I'm going to make it on hopefully a smaller number of weddings. And uh, like, I would rather like, sh- could I book 10 more weddings? Sure. I could. Like I have the time probably to do it, but I would rather enjoy my life. And I think that's a transition that my wife and I have made over that the last decade or so where before, like we were like, I mean, if we would have had 50 weddings come our way that we could have shot all of them, we probably would have done it. And yeah. I, and we would have regretted it also, but you know. Yeah. I think you're right. It's all about the, the, the decision you make and yeah. you have to just there's stick a balance. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for us, when we started, we came here 2008. We started the company in 2010. We're like, man, we we came here from the Philippines to the U.S. Yep. and we're like, okay, yeah. we're just uh, we're just gonna work nonstop. Yeah. And uh, we did we did what we did because we can because we had yeah. great guys that were able to help us out and work. Absolutely. But man, we still got burnt out. We, I mean, my wife is amazing. She was just 100 percent in customer service all of our clients are happy but <laughs> yeah there was just a time where we're like when we think about work we're like you know yeah. we're just trying to gag because it's just too much and yeah. even if I, even when we cut cut it back a little bit less it's you know it's still gonna get to you but you're right absolutely. it just has to be your mindset and i think it's easy for people to not see especially when it's your first year or your second year you're so growing and figuring things out you're like oh, you know, I can shoot 
30 weddings, that's 30 different days only that I'm shooting. And I can, even if you can edit in, you know, two days per wedding or whatever, like there's just so much more to running a business that especially early on, you're probably not going to outsource. And like, even if you're on top of one thing, it's like, it's like whack-a-mole, right? Like, oh, I'm on top of my shooting and my edits, but then it's like, oh shoot, I haven't emailed this client in six months and their wedding is next week. Like there's just so many different aspects where you kind of just get pounded from. Yeah. And I feel like you people need to people need to know that delegation is really important. Like oh, if yeah. you can't do it yourself, you have to either hire someone to do it for you, or you just split uh, split work around with, yeah. between you and your wife, right? Yeah, that's been a big thing that we've that we've I wouldn't say struggled with, but really kind of dove <laughs> into and, and tried to figure out. Yeah, um, because it's huge, and it, it really your stress level goes so far down when you can delegate the right things to the right people. And even between us, like we have very specific roles. Uh, we always get asked, I don't know if you do, but like people all the time, they're like, wait, you guys are married. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, how do you do it? You know? And I think one of the big things, like if somebody actually wants to know is that we are really good at having our, like Micah has her things that she's in charge of. I have my things that I'm in charge of we are always open to hearing each other's opinion. But ultimately, like if it's my thing, like it's my decision. And I want to hear her out. And I think, you know, we've, we've changed our minds on things because of what the other person has said. But like, ultimately, you kind of need to have your own tasks that you're in charge of. Because if you're both 50-50 on every decision, you, like we would just never make a decision or yeah. we'd fight about it. We're so. gonna, you're going to argue about it. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, and it's, that goes back to enjoying your life. Like it's just not worth it. You don't yeah. want to argue about everything, right? So, I think for us too, like uh, this is our full time job. We don't have kids, so we're t- together twenty four seven. And the first few years when we were starting out, all I talked about was work because I was like <laughs> so driven. And she's like, "Can you please not talk about work? It's eleven at night, and we're about <laughs> yeah. to go to bed." <laughs> we actually, Micah imposed a rule. Uh, I think when we were living in Santa Barbara, like once, like basically in our bedroom at all, like we could not discuss work. Like it just wasn't allowed. Like, yeah, uh, it's so. it's. I think it's, I don't like it because it's hard for me, but it's probably good for me too. It's so. hard to turn off, especially yeah. when you're on a roll. Yep. Right. Entrepreneur life. That's the way it works. Oh man, it's you're so never e- off the clock. You never, you know. It, yeah, um, people think hard. that. Oh, we have friends who have like normal jobs, yep. and they always say, "Oh my gosh, you guys are like always eating out, and <laughs> you can do whatever you always want. doing happy hour." But then yeah. I'm like, because we need to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> we need to reward sure. ourselves. So, <laughs> so now since you talked about uh, taking on too much work, hand in hand with pricing, yeah, uh, I I wanted to ask you because when we started out, of course, just like everyone else, we charged super low, mm-hmm. and what I feel like what where we went wrong was we stuck with that price for the longest time. And I was like, if we increase our prices, we're going to lose all our clients. Yeah. And I I was talking to a bunch of people and they were saying, you know, when, when your top package gets booked, that means you need to raise your prices because people people see the value. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being a loyal listener. You don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, 
I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. A Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash wedding video boss or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Yeah, I, I agree with that statement. I think pricing is is one of, it, it's like, like I said, it's number one on my five mistakes that newer wedding videographers are making simply because they're typically, I think a lot of people are just charging a, like a magic number they pulled out of hat, which doesn't work. Um, and in general, it's typically lower price that you're starting. And I like, I'm all for like, if you need to get a, you know, you need to get something in your portfolio, like obviously having work in your portfolio is important, but I think one of the dangers is that when you start out low or at any point, if you're low and you continue to be low, I think the longer you're at that low price point, the harder you're basically just digging your hole deeper. You're expanding your web of, you know, referrals, but all those referrals are at that price point. And so it's really, like you said, it's really scary. Even when we just, we didn't, I guess we kind of raised prices. What we really did was restructure our collections and raise prices at the same time. And like, you know, that was after what, 10 years, I think maybe in the industry. And like, we felt the same way. We're like, oh my gosh, we're going to lose all of our clients. But the reality is that's for the most part, not true. I oh, mean, yeah. if your work is somewhat in line with the price point, but yes. the same thing even beyond that. And I hate to say it because it, it drives me nuts, but there are people out there making phenomenal work who simply can't run a business. And there are people out there making subpar work who know how to run a business and know how to market and are, you know, demanding top dollar um, or close to it, you know? So it's not always about. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I, I was asking my wife, how would I ask you this? Because I feel like with, when it comes to raising your price, mm -hmm. there should be a value just like what you said, you know, the value, the quality of work or whatever yep. just needs to be along with that price raising. And I feel like the value should, at least for us, the value uh, that the clients get is like really great customer service. Yeah, because our style and I know I'm our style is intentional and it's very like simple and just classic because I want I just want to capture the moments and I don't want yeah. to set up anything. But I probably 70 percent of the value of the people are paying is a customer service like yeah. our edits are on time. And, you know, absolutely. Yeah. That's huge. Like, you know. I do. I think we have the best work in the world. Absolutely not. I can name, you know, right off the bat, multiple people who I think do better work than us. And I, and they probably, and some of them charge more than us and that's fine too. But like, um, yeah, there's more to it than just your work. There's running a business and I know, and a lot, of, and a lot of people that I think do great work miss deadlines and stuff, you know, oh. and we don't. Yeah. Or, you know, we're always in communication with people. And I know people that I've run into just over the years that like straight up ghost clients, you know, and like they're done when they're done. And 
I like even if you're making the best work in the world, certain people aren't going to put up with that. It's um, not. It's not. So. Like, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. I think one of the biggest things um, with price and what we really came down to when we just restructured. Granted, I don't like. We kept our base price the same, but we basically stripped it um, of a lot of stuff to kind of you know move people to a higher price point. And one of the big things that we really that really pushed that was that we had bookings and you know we had three collections at the time and our top one was you know we felt well paid for it it like it was we weren't complaining about that but at the same time we started getting multiple bookings and the the way that we looked at it was why are we limiting like if our top collection at the time was 7500 or whatever if somebody comes in and their budget is 15 grand for video and our top collection is 7500 they're going to book that why are we we are leaving 7500 on the table we wouldn't have to sell we wouldn't have to hard sell like if that's what they came in with the budget we were the limiting factor and we never want to be like we do not want to be the limiting factor to what our couples spend or want with us um and so that was kind of a big mental shift in how we approached it and how we thought about it um and that led to kind of our new collections and yeah stuff like just that. like what ray roman said never limit your clients spending power yeah because you don't know like i could say like our 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 entire wedding budget when we got married is smaller than our average booking for us too <laughs> a wedding. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that our yeah, wedding yeah. was perfect it's exactly oh, yeah. what we wanted we wouldn't do anything different but like you know other people like everybody has different values on everything. And especially if you're showing them value in your customer service, in your product, in your whatever, like if they, like I said, if they come in and their budget is, you know, six figures or their budget is five figures or whatever, like you should allow them to spend that. Or at least obviously there's a certain point where you're like, Oh gosh, I can't add anything else in. Like I'm already shooting for five days. I don't know, whatever. Right. But like, you know, for the most part, you shouldn't be the limiting factor in, in what your clients spend because people will assign different values. And when they want you, they want you. And that's amazing. Budget. Yeah. They, they'll be able to spend that budget. And it's not like a, you know, like I said, it's not a salesy thing at all because oh, you're yeah. not even going to have to push it. They're going to be like, Oh, well my budget is 10 grand or 15 grand or whatever. Like I see your collections. This one is within my budget and it's the highest and it looks awesome. And I want all that stuff. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So you're saying when it comes to, when it comes to pricing, um, do you feel like there's a standard when it comes to price? Cause I, I was talking to Valerie Grunhauser a few months ago about, mm-hmm. she's a wedding planner and she's a high end wedding planner. And she said, I went into the wedding industry and my first rate was $7,000. And yeah. she said, I did it because there was, there's no standard for price. Yeah. If people think that it's $2,000, no one said it's $2,000. I want to charge $7,000. So how, wh- do you feel like there's no standard for pricing? People could just price whatever they want? I think it's interesting because I think that there is... I think there's two different ways to look at it. I think when you look at it from the industry standpoint, I feel like there is what I think people would consider a standard of like good quality, 
not going to make mistakes, you know, going to be a pretty pleasant experience for the couple, probably at, I don't know, 3000 to 3,500, something like that. Right. I think that's where a lot of people are like, if you're doing good work, you've done it for a little while, you know what you're doing, you have the gear, you're smart, whatever, like you should be charging that much at least assuming your quality is your, you know, your product is decent. Um, but then I think I actually kind of agree with what you're saying. If you look at it from a client perspective, like most people are not, I, I don't know, like some people are, are going around and they're getting quotes from 20 different people and whatever. Right. And they're just going to go with the cheapest option. And that's not your ideal client. Then. Yeah. But on the flip side, there are people who are just building their budget. I mean, there are people who have built their budget around us. There are people yes. we, like we have, we've had couples that, say, Hey, I love your work. I want to hire you. They found us through a friend or through, you know, whatever. Right. And they say, you know, what are your collections or whatever? And we send it to them or we chat with them and then they get back and they say, Oh my gosh, like, I'm sorry. I didn't expect it to be that. Is that normal? And we're like, yeah, I mean, that's what we charge. I don't like, it's not. Yeah. And it's not like insane. It's not like, yes, our wedding videos are $150,000. Like, <laughs> you know, and people are just like, oh, okay. Well, that's what we'll do then. Like yeah. there's a certain amount of education that's just not there for a client because how many wedding videographers are you hiring in your lifetime? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a great point. You know? That's a great point. And you're hiring photographers occasionally, but not not often for a wedding. Not often and, for a wedding. And, you know, you have certain things to go off of and whatever, but. I don't know. I just think that there's a, there is kind of no, um, no, standard. uh, I forgot the word that you use. No standard. Yeah. No standard from the, or there doesn't have to be a, a standard from a client perspective. Okay. Yeah. If they yeah. want to, if, yeah, just like what we talked about earlier, don't, don't limit their spending power. Yeah. So if they want to pay you 10 grand, <laughs> let yeah. them pay you. And, I mean, there are going to be, obviously there are people who come in and they say, Hey, here's my wedding. I have all this and I have, I have 3000 budgeted. And that's just a hard budget. And that's totally cool. Like, yeah, that I like, we never like, I don't know. We're not here to be like, oh, well, you should have budgeted smarter. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we get it. Could we get it because our, because of our wedding budget? Like I said, yeah. like, and we came from, we, we also did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just feel like for, for people like, who paid are our listening. photographer, $600 off Craigslist. <laughs> I mean, like, too. I paid her. I think I paid her like two fifty for the day, and then yeah. I just edited the photos afterwards. Yeah. And it's like you know, I like who am I to say like, oh well, you should have spent more money on your photography. Like, yeah, we did the same thing. It ha- yeah. like it happens. A budget is a budget sometimes, and we get that. So. Yeah, I just feel like the, the to the listeners, uh, the viewers who are starting out and are thinking, I'm gonna charge low first before, so just so I could get my foot in the door. Just remember that. You need to bring value in also. You need to have great customer service because it's not something that customer service isn't something that you need to upgrade to have. It's just your personality, right? Oh, absolutely. Like it's just having a personal connection. And I mean, there's more to it than that, but it can be as simple as having a personal connection. And that, you know, in itself can be the factor of somebody booking you or not. Yeah. Um, But I think it's important too is that like, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Actually, because a lot of people want to charge low just to get their foot in the door and they they have no idea how to handle the yeah. whole wedding business, right? So I feel like I always tell people, don't forget that 
people are hiring you because you're solving a problem. Yeah. You're not there to be like, oh my gosh, you're, yeah. you know, you're trying to solve yeah. a problem. You're and one of the value. things I remember what I was going to say was that like another <laughs> thing, it's like you don't want to limit your couple spending. You also don't want to be booked simply on price. Um, yeah. Like we're a big believer of like, like we want to connect with our couples. We want to like be a right fit for them. We want to deliver exactly what they're after. And it goes in that direction. It's not like, like in the nicest way possible, we don't want them telling us what they want. And then we're catering to that. Like yes. we're obviously all ears trying to make something as special and as perfect as they want, but it also has to fall within the realm of what we do and how we do it and our style. Yep. And like, if we're getting booked just on price, that's when you're going to, it's just a door that's just going to open up a lot of problems. Usually. Oh yeah. It's um, usually a red flag. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, I mean, the pricing discussion, I mean, we could talk on that on its own for hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. much to it, but ultimately like, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of negatives that come along with underpricing yourself, especially if you're underpricing yourself and not like, do like, you know, if you run a cost of doing business calculator and you know how much you're going to pay in taxes and all this stuff and like you want to still undercharge and just make not very much money. I don't know many business people who succeed doing that. But, you know, like I said, you do you. That's that's your business, whatever. You m probably won't be in business very long. But like it's especially when you like I said, you're just drawing a number out of a hat. You're like, oh, my weddings will cost. Eleven hundred dollars, you know, yeah. and it's not based in anything. And you're just going to it's a very quick and easy way to be not profitable underwater behind on work. That's when you hear of people just not delivering, going out of business, et cetera. And it's just a spiral. downwards. Yeah. Oh, my wife joined us three years into the business and yeah. she did like a cost calculator. Right. And she showed me our third highest package, our most booked package. We're earning ninety eight dollars from it. Yeah, it's crazy when you look it's at like insane. all the expenses that go into it, especially when you look at like you put in your hours and, you know, if you have a second shooter or if two of you are shooting and both your hours or whatever, right? And then you look at your hourly rate and that's what like gets you where you're like, hmm, I could have way less stress in my life and work at, you know, Starbucks or whatever and make this close to the same amount. Yeah. And get less benefits. Stress. Oh, so. yeah. Less stress. You're right. Less stress <laughs> with benefits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you so. just have to. And I, I was just, I just told her, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised we lasted three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, man, we got into pricing <laughs> hard. <laughs> so let's breeze through the, the other five mistakes because yeah. I want to get into the website critique. But mm -hmm. so, uh, what, how do you, Talk about the gimbal, introducing the gimbal too early, and then yeah. let's let's transition into not bringing lights. Also, yeah. so one of the things that you'll, you know, like I said, if you see me around Facebook or you see me around, I don't know, Reddit or whatever, just different communities. Like one of the big things that I I really really stand behind is that as a filmmaker, as a wedding filmmaker, when you are starting out, if you are investing in a gimbal, you are doing yourself a disservice. And I know people that will fight me on that for, cause like, Oh, it's so convenient and whatever. But I, I think that you should be able to tell a story with a tripod and a camera and like two lenses. Right. And like, yes, you need more than that. Cause you need audio and you need 
lights like i'll get to in a minute but for the most part like your your visuals should be movement and frame it should be good composition good lighting like that is going to be a more driving story than a gimbal and the issue with a gimbal is that you i do this too like we bring a gimbal now to every wedding and i find myself using it like during the wedding i'm like oh my gosh so convenient i'm gonna get this shot i'm gonna get this shot and whatever and then in the edit i'm like man every like every wedding i'm like man i use the gimbal more than i wish i would have and and I think I can notice that and I have enough other good shots that I'll just not use a bunch of gimbal shots or not the ones that I don't want, whatever. But like, I think when you're starting out and your shot selection is lower and whatever, like you're just really stunting your growth of storytelling yes. when you're bringing a gimbal early on. That's amazing. Um, and it's, it's so easy to do because it's so convenient and I get that, but you just kind of focus on the wrong things then. Which is, that's the thing. I was talking to my mentor last night about the, the guy who taught me how to shoot on a tripod and a monopod. And, you know, going back uh, eight years, there wasn't any gimbal. There was like a yeah. steady cam, which yeah. was so hard to balance, right? Tried cam HD 2000. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I, I didn't use it because I didn't yeah. want my time to be consumed by trying to balance this thing while they're taking photos after the ceremony. So mm. I practiced with a monopod and you know like not having it is great because all i had was a monopod and i had to yeah. do something with it and i feel like yeah. that's what the beginners need to know is they need to yeah. master the fundamentals first before getting into this crazy world of gimbling gimbling yeah, i agree and one of the things i so i i told you i don't think we were alive yet is that like i i have this video of five mistakes that i think people are making i keep a list of on my phone of just like every video i want to make for my youtube channel and it's just like the, i'll never catch up but one of the things i have below that video is more mistakes that i see and so i eventually will have another one coming out right now i have four written out i'm waiting till i at least have five but one of the things that i talk about or that i plan to talk about is overshooting and i think that goes hand in hand with gimbals to some extent where it's like if you are on a monopod you're going to be intentional about all of your shots and if you're on a gimbal you're just going to run around hit record grab a bunch of stuff and you're not thinking about the edit and you're not thinking about piecing it together so like any of the shots that you see in our films for the most part uh, on a gimbal are very intentional um they are they're not set up in like the posed way but they're like i know this shot, I want to slowly push in on them because of this epic scenery. Or like, I, I love, and I've had arguments with people about this, I love shots where you're pulling away. Um, I think it really drives yeah. emotion. Yeah, slowly, slowly. Like, very subtle. But some people, I think more traditional editors are like, oh, it's a disconnect with the audience yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, stuff That's like, right. whether or not you agree with it, it's like, it's an intentional move. And it's so easy to be unintentionally filming when you're on a gimbal. So our method when it comes to shooting is all of our shooters need to learn how to edit first. Oh, because, yeah, that's yeah, because you when when you bring them out in the field, they start to sh they start to shoot for the edit instead yeah. of just overshooting and oh maybe they're gonna use this and maybe, And even, it's like what do I have? Like, oh cool, I have 75 shots that are on a 35 millimeter and they're all like moving to the right. Like it doesn't, 
you it can't doesn't piece make together. any sense. Yeah, yeah. Or seventy-five <laughs> shots of the shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This but, is yeah. a shoe highlight film. Oh my gosh! I yeah. wish. So um, yeah, and then. So now that I I just feel like Gimbal has to, you should probably do a video about where to, I don't know if you have, but uh, where to use the Gimbal. I have a video on uh, Gimbal, like my favorite Gimbal moves that I use in a wedding. Okay. And one, one point that I'm really, it's, pro, it's not exactly, I think what you're saying, but yeah, I mean, one point that I'm really driving home is intentionality and also like subtle movements. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of gimbal work is just too much movement. Yes. Um, Very like unnatural nothing, movement. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with pushing in or pulling out or doing a little parallax movement or, you know, sliding to the right or whatever. But like, you're just, it's so easy to cover a ton of ground while you do that, that you're just really like blowing that movement out of proportion. And I think yeah. it, it's no, it's no longer driving the story forward. It's just you saying like, look how smooth it was for 40 steps. And you're like, well, that was, too much like, yeah yeah you should take like one step i don't know you know yeah. so it's 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 like you're trying to show them what a drone would look like if it's yeah. closer to people well i mean ultimately what it is is you're getting away from the story and you're yeah. focusing on like well look at this cool technical shot and like that has its place in certain things but wedding films often are not the place yes that's exactly right there's going to be a disconnect and you're just going to lose your audience yeah yeah so, okay, now let's get into uh, not bringing lights. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That one's pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah, but pretty yeah, straightforward. I think one of the yeah. big things, like, I, I think something that you don't think about early on is bringing lights. And I, like, you know, you can look at, you can look at our films from a few years ago without lights and our films now. And, like, you know, we're not using lights in prep usually. Maybe if it was a really rough venue or whatever. Yeah reception specifically like dancing toasts the lights are just a huge improvement and there's just no i mean you'll have people that are like oh i don't need lights i have a sony a7s2 and like i get it that's what we use can it shoot in really low light yeah i mean it can shoot in like crazy low light but that's not it's not simply like everything is exposed properly lights let you you know paint you paint with the light you figure out where you want your highlights and your shadows and you make your subject stand out from its background and stuff like that. And it's just, it's a, it's a really easy way because there are so many people, especially starting out that are like, I'm just going to buy this camera and nothing else. Um, I think it's a really easy way, especially when you're starting out to distinguish yourself and it's not that much work and it's not that much uh, money to invest, to get a couple lights. Yeah. It's a death wish because I think our job as uh, videographers or filmmakers or whatever you want to call us is we put the subtle details in. So yep. when the client doesn't notice anything with the shot, that means we did a job right. But if exactly. they say, this shot is too dark, like I, I could barely see anything, then yeah. that's pretty much you. You just overcharge them because you're supposed yeah. to make this every single frame to be watchable and picturesque right yeah and i look back at like some our weddings like i said a few years ago even we weren't using lights and like or uh, that's not entirely true but i look back at weddings where we weren't using the right the lights right lights yeah the right way i would say yeah and like i don't even know how i like shot them you know what i mean like yeah. i look at them like eh, it's yeah i mean it's pretty decently exposed it's maybe a tad dark but it's nothing crazy and i'm like 
I feel like I shoot with like two or three lights now. And I'm like, how can I make, like, how can I get more light on the dance floor? You know? Yeah. So I don't know how, how we did it. We, we used to have these, uh, square, uh, 160 bulb led lights that we had. Oh, yeah. And then I noticed that you, you bought, you had your, uh, commerce, you use commerce, right? The tacky uh, helped you. We're, yeah. We're all over the place. So we have one comer, like comer 1800 or 1850. Oh, or yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Um, and that's great. I love that light. Um, we have a torch light, whatever bolt bolts in. Oh, torch uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The remote um, with the remote. Yeah, I don't use the remote. I really should, <laughs> but I don't. Um, and that's great. I, I really like having both of those because the, the torch LED is like a really nice soft. Like it feels softer to me. Um, and I, it, yeah, that's I right. I like it. It's worked great for me. Um, and the comer can be like that too. It can just be another soft light, but I, a lot of times we'll use the like spotlight filter on it that flips down or flips up or whatever. Yeah. And that we like to use like certain scenarios. It's really beneficial to have that as like a rim light and really like spotlight them. Or like if we have to be a little further away, uh, you know, use that as the key and hit the spotlight just on the person giving a toast or whatever. That's cool. I've um, never, I've never used the spotlight. It's always just yeah. the tungsten. I like it. It just adds me like a, it adds a little bit. Uh, it basically just focuses, you know, yeah. it kind of works like a uh, Fresnel or whatever, where you can just focus it a little bit. Now, one of the things that we picked up a little while ago is the Godox SL60W, okay. uh, which has like kind of exploded in popularity. And we bought it like a couple months before that. And I should have done a video on it, but you know, oh, well. Um, and those are, I, I think they are similar to the like practice or the aperture lights aperture. Like, okay. It's actually what I'm using right now. Uh, I have it with a nice big soft box over here. Um, and I actually have one right here. I will pick up real quick. I like your setup. Oh, thanks. Um, so this is what, right. so this is what it looks like. Um, so it's, wow. I mean, it's, it's a decent, it's kind of a beast. It, um, it's huge. Holy moly. And that's the light. I mean, you oh, see okay. But this thing is crazy powerful. How, um, how much are those? I bought mine directly from China. Okay. Uh, through eBay, I believe. And I bought a two pack of them for, I want to say it was, like 260 or something. Wow. That's like, that's the thing where it was just like, not even like I got two of them for less than I paid for my torch led and they're significantly brighter. Now I also bought a Fresnel like cover to focus it a little bit better. Um, because it is a pretty wide, like, you know, whatever stream or, or whatnot. Um, and that, you know, was like 40 bucks or whatever. So, you know, you might have to spend a little bit more and like we only use them. We don't use them when we travel because they're harder to travel with. Um, but for any weddings in Minneapolis or weddings that we drive to, um, we're starting to experiment using them more just because we can put them so much further away. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. I, I might come out with a, a YouTube video about the lights that we use, but I'm kind of like, yeah. oh, I don't want to give this away because it's like so cheap and it's yeah. I, we, could, we take it everywhere. But I'll I'll think about it. But I'll show it to you later. Yeah. But, um, for sure. <laughs> so uh, okay. So it's really important to have lights because we're cinematographers, 
and we need to make sure that everything's well yeah. lit or you know at least to set the mood and not having Absolutely. any lights is pretty much like giving your couples amateur video yeah so make sure you to some extent obviously yeah. it's gonna yeah. look better than an amateur video hopefully yeah. but it, it's a it's a good way to distinguish yourself and just kind of up like it's one of those things if you're like ah, oh, i don't know i how can i get any better and if you're not using lights boom like yeah. instant upgrade to your work yeah that's the thing like i you could use uh lights and shoot with a t3i or something and it's still gonna come yeah. out way better that's the thing like yeah. if you know, yeah, the A7S two is great, or the A7 III is great in, in low light, and like that's true. And there are scenarios where it's helped us a ton. But like, if you're lighting stuff properly, you can shoot. I mean, you could shoot an amazing wedding film on like a 5D Mark II or a oh, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Sure. Like, because it's worked you know. before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. the what changed is just the age of the couples, but yeah. it's still <laughs> the same. So okay, now the the last one before we get into the other one really quick. Yeah. is not uh having a contract when you when you work yeah um yeah i guess kind of expanding that it's just like you know seeing all these posts pop up on facebook and whatnot and you see people who are basically when whenever there's a situation that's like i don't know what to do like this is stressful and my client's doing this and blah blah, blah and it's like oh what, what does your contract say like so many times you just they're like oh i didn't have a contract it was for a friend or it's my first one or it's my first year or whatever. And I'm just like, there is no excuse for not having There's a contract. No um, and like, that's like a probably, a, that's kind of like a brutal way to put it. And I would, yeah, I don't know, to change it to a phrase that's nicer if that's what you want to hear. But like, really, there's just, it's so important to a business to have a contract. And it is so important for both sides, both you and your client to know what you're doing, what they're getting, and really, yeah, like what you are doing and what you're not doing. Like I'm doing a three-minute highlight. I'm not doing a five-minute highlight. If you want a five-minute highlight, here's my rate. Um, and for them, knowing they're doing a three-minute highlight and they're going to deliver it in eight weeks or whatever, right? Like it protects both sides. And so many times when, when you see kind of a scenario really blow up at the very base of it, there's often not a contract and uh, it's so heartbreaking. It's just dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's people who, you know, careers in this industry are basically cut short because they don't have a contract and a situation blows up and they, you know, you can't really point back to anything and it's a, he said, she said thing. And it, I'm sure it's massively draining and you're just probably over it, you know, at the oh, end. Yeah. Like, I don't want to shoot another wedding. Yeah. You're going to get yeah. traumatized. Yeah. So yeah, we we've gone through a similar thing. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, you just need to have a contract because yeah. you it, you would think that you wouldn't need it, but as soon as it hits you, you're like, oh my God, I wish we had a contract. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like you could do you could be doing this for ten years and have no issues, but as soon as you have an issue, like we've never had any big issues, but we have small stuff where we're like, hey, you know, as outlined in the contract X Y Z. And, and, you know, we're people too, and we're, we try to be understanding, but we're also business. And yes. like, I don't think, I don't think any of our couples would ever say like, oh, they just treated me like a number. Like I didn't even matter, but there are certain things where we will say like, Hey, we'd love to do that. It's not included or, you know, it's, it's not what we typically do. Here's our rate or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think and, and that's totally okay. And a big thing, um, I think, uh, in like 
just the newer videographer thing and it kind of goes in line with having a contract is just a lot of people are so afraid to say no um i was just gonna say yep it's obviously a lot easier if you have a contract to be like no like this is what we agreed to but even if that's not like you're the expert they're hiring you for your work and i think it's just it's such a huge lesson to know when and to be able to say no um not like that's my goal or anything i'm not like trying to make clients mad obviously i want to give them an amazing experience and amazing product but there are things that you know oh hey i want this copyrighted song yeah no sorry it's just easier to say no yeah. hey i want a discount like sorry that we don't do discounts it's unfair to our couples you yeah. know whatever i don't know like it's okay to say no in the right scenarios we've and also we've we've also had ones where uh oh we we want to watch the the video on our our anniversary i'm like that's a year from now you have to tell us if it's final or not so yeah you know it's easier for us to say no and for us to be like no you need to you need to look at the contract because we're going to erase your footage a lot of for example clients kind of talking about our pricing thing we're like is there a standard like a lot of clients haven't been through this so they don't know what's normal you know like you are the expert in that scenario. So if they're, they, a lot of times a client might ask for something totally like innocently. They're not trying to be pushy or anything. And so it's your job as the expert to say like, no, I can't use music that I can't get a license to. Or yeah. like, no, it's actually a lot more work to do a 12 minute edit than a four minute edit. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not six more minutes of work. It's, or, you know, whatever, eight more minutes of work. It's hours, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. No, you cool. don't need us for 10 minutes just because your ceremony is 10 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, stuff like that. We're like, you know, some people, they just don't know. And so yeah. as the expert, I think no is not necessarily a negative thing. It's a... It's, it's an a, empowerment. Thing. Yeah. Right? It's kind of like, a, yeah, people will respect you more, will treat yeah. you more when you have a contract because you're going to look like a legitimate business you know we had a wedding um we had a wedding that turned out to be uh well we had a wedding that turned out (laughs) awesome okay okay. Um, and originally they were talking to us and one other place and they were like hey this this place charges this we prefer your work they also said they gave us a discount would you be able to discount at all like down to their rate or down to their discounted rate or whatever and i was just like no like we don't do that. Yep. It's not fair to our couples. We never have. And that's, you know, so it's easy for us because we've, we've said no, and we don't mind being asked. Like, I get it. I would ask for a discount too, but the answer is no. And like they booked on the spot. They're like, I really respect that you like take that seriously and that you stand behind what you do. And like, it says something about your character. And I was like, cool. Like, I'm glad we agree. Like, obviously, no harm. No harm asking for a discount. Yeah, yeah. But we just but, can't. But no. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Gee, it's easier to yeah. say no, kids, whenever you have yeah. a contract. <laughs> and, there, yeah, a contract helps that. And there's more to I mean, I think I probably expand a little bit in the video. You guys can check that out. But there's more to it than just a contract. Um, I think that's the big one. But, you know, a business license, uh, sales tax, stuff like yes. that. There's a lot on the business side that, like, you just need to do Uh even though it sucks and you don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. If you're charging professional rates, you have to treat people professionally. Yeah. Just so they treat you professionally as well, yeah. right? Absolutely. And yeah, ultimately again, what it comes down to is like 
I love what I do. I love making wedding films. I love being an artist, a creative. My wife feels the same way, but we're a business. We need to protect ourselves. We yeah. need to make money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's This isn't a charity. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for that. Those mistakes were amazing because I'm pretty sure someone somewhere has learned uh, from, from this. And now yeah. I wanted to get – we could do it really quick – but sure. I wanted to do to get into I, I've known you you caught my attention when you offered online on Reddit to critique people's websites for free. I'm like, man, this yeah. guy's amazing. He's doing it for free. <laughs> and so that's uh, that's when I started to appreciate what you have done. And I would love it if you told us about your experience when it comes to critiquing all of these wedding. It's just wedding videography websites, right? Yeah, some have been have been a little more photo centric, I would say, and some are both. But okay. yeah, I mean, the goal was to really shed light on, you know, on different people's websites. And I, I, I really believe that. I mean, I'm I will learn stuff from critiquing websites, you know. And we've been doing this a long time. But so I, I believe that like one of the things I think I say in the start of each of those videos, which I think I've done two or three at this point, is like. I've done two or three videos that each have a number of critiques is like, even if your website isn't critiqued in this video, like you can still learn stuff. There's still, you know, there's a lot of universal like things that help a website or hurt a website and whatever. Um, so yeah, it's been really awesome to do, you know, a handful of critiques per, per video on that and just diving in to see what people are doing how they're structuring stuff and you know i've gotten to critique websites of people who are really just starting out um doing it on the side and people who are doing it full time and have been in business for a while and you know doing awesome work and i think everybody can learn like i said from those critiques and you know we're always looking back at our website and you know it, it's easy to let it take kind of a backseat to a lot of your other work and we're definitely guilty of that as well but um it's it's oftentimes the first point of contact with your yeah. client and it's incredibly important. So since kind of there's optimizing no, that is huge. Yeah. So since there's no business cards anymore, this is pretty much <laughs> like, yeah, first point of contact. So yeah. really quick, what were the common, not really mistakes, but what were the most common things that you saw that you feel like people could, uh, could just adjust and make their website better? Yeah. It's like some really quick, um, so I, I think I have like three big things that you, I probably brought up a lot in throughout these critiques that are a little more general. Um, the first thing that I saw a lot is there were a lot of places that I didn't know where they were based. Um, and I think like, that's just such an easy fix. Not only will it help your client be like, Oh, cool. Like, like you assume they got to your website somehow and hopefully know where you are, but that's not always the case. And, um, you know, yeah, they might want to know. They probably do want to know where are you. Yeah, and, even I feel like even with destination weddings, I feel like they yep. really want to know where you're from first <laughs> before. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and also just like it will help your SEO. Like, there's just no reason not to have it in there. Um, you know, just saying like, hey, we like on ours. I think it says we primarily serve Minneapolis, Santa Barbara, and destination wedding market, or something like that. Like, okay so easy to have a little bit of text somewhere, you know, in the about you or something like that. Um, 
So that's a quick fix that I, I think I recommended to a lot of people. Um, I, another one that I think is really important is having a video, uh, having a video, first of all, if you're a wedding videographer, having a video, like just make it so easy and so quick for them to see your work. That is what will set you like, you will not get anywhere if they don't see your work and don't like your work. Um, because you can't sell them on your customer service. You can't show them what an awesome personality you are. You can't make any of those connections unless they contact you. Uh, for the most part, you can kind of get some of that through on your website. But what's really going to draw them in, of course, is your work and what you want them to like about you and whatever is your work. So uh, there were a lot of times where I was saying, hey, you know, you should have a video on your front page. Like if you go to our website, there's a header image, you know, and it's, I don't know, 12 rotating images or something. And then like the first thing that you go down is like, welcome. And it's a video. Um, we want our video. Like we've always felt very strongly that like we do good work. People love our work and we just need to get eyes on our work. And so, um, yeah, having a video that's, you know, kind of front and center more or less, you know, um, I think is big. And I think a lot of people, and we were guilty of this for a long time too, where we would have like, more like text and stuff on our main page. And then like we'd have a video lower or you'd have to click on like videos or, you know, portfolio or whatever to really get into some videos. And so, um, I was just going to ask you about that. Like, how do you feel about having text on your website? Cause you know, we're video based and at people's attention span is like so short. Yeah. How I've, much text is too important. much. Yeah, I, there's definitely a point. I don't think there's like a, I don't think it's like a number of words or anything like that. I think it's something you just take case by case and you need to look at it. And visually, if I feel overwhelmed, like then that's over the line. But it, um, if, if you start to, to drift say. away when you're reading it, that's probably yeah. too much words. I mean, you are visual story, you're a visual storyteller. Your website should be visual, Yeah, you know, centered, visually pleasing. And there can absolutely be text we want to tell our story a little bit about how we met. We want to talk about being a husband and wife team. You know, it's important. Um, but your videos should be your images, your videos, whatever should be like the primary thing that kind of build that you build around, I guess is what I'd say. Okay. And I think it's always good. Like we, I think have a portfolio page as well too. Like we want to have a couple videos on our main page. Cause a lot of people are just going to maybe go through our main page and then contact us. But if people want to see more, yeah, they, you should absolutely have a portfolio that has, you know, 40 videos or whatever you want. Um, but put your best foot forward, your best weddings, even if they're not your most recent ones. Um, whatever you think kind of captures your style the best. Yeah. And you have like, a, just so you know, guys, you have, and uh, statistically, you have just a few seconds for yep. couples to stay on your website if they're, it's not interesting or they can't relate to it. Um, yeah you're going to lose them or they can't find what they're looking for. And that's, yes. that's like the third thing that I, that I really drive home is it kind of what it is, is make it as easy as possible for a client to see your work and contact you no matter where they are on the website, they should be able to click contact. Um, that's, that's smart. And so, yeah, I think it kind of goes in line with that where it's like, you just want to make everything as easy as possible. So if they want to find pricing we go by we like having our base price on there some people don't but for us at least 
Like we want it to be very clear. Where do you go to find pricing? Where do you go to see a video? Where do you go to find out about us? Like just make it as simple, as few steps, as few clicks as possible. The, the less, the more clicks between them landing on your website and either seeing your work, seeing if you're in their budget or contacting you, the more clicks they have to do to do that, the less chance they will to do those things. Yeah. They're going to be like, bye next. Yeah. Thanks. This is confusing. <laughs> I don't like, I'm going to just look at somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be a reflection on you too. Yeah. Like how, how easy it is to be, to contact you or how easy it is yep. to co- talk to you. Absolutely. Cause think about like anything, think about buying something on Amazon. If I can't find, like if I'm curious, Oh, well, this is cool. How much does it weigh? That's important to me for some reason. I don't know. Or how big is it? I want this desk. How big is it? Will it fit? If I can't find that easily, I'm just going to be like, mm, whatever. I'm just going to look at a different one. Yeah. And it's the same thing with anything. Yeah. That's I, I just go back and then scroll down to yep. see like, if what's someone the next else one. Is, yeah. Yep. It's heartbreaking because, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're like uh, small but businesses. But spans, yeah, man, they're short. So. They're so short. I don't know what happened, but. People now have really short attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was great. Um, I thank you so much for talking to me about the mistakes and what totally. you've learned from uh, website critiques. And so, before we before we finish, is there are there do you have any last words? Like any last advice for people hmm. who are starting out or maybe who are already in the game for five years and you know. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously just as content creators, we are we are and should be always um, pushing ourselves, pushing our content, pushing what we're making to the limit and trying to, to get better and better. But I think uh, it's really important and, and it's overlooked a lot to also be succeeding on the business side. Um, I think I said it earlier, like we know so many phenomenal artists, photographers, videographers, other types of art that... Are some of the best in the world, but if you can't run a business, then you can't be in business. Um, and so I think it's just it's something that's overlooked, and it's really important to to give the appropriate, you know, concern to that side as well because it's a big part of it. That's perfect. I hope uh, I hope the listeners, the viewers, have learned something. I'm pretty sure they yeah. did because that <laughs> was one really good conversation. And yeah, I can't wait sure. to do this again because uh, we talked about it earlier, but I want to do like a, an episode with you and Micah as like a yeah. husband and wife team because Absolutely. I've been I'm starting sure to we'll get, talk. yeah. Oh, learn a lot. <laughs> I've been starting to get a lot of people who ask us about like, how does it feel to be husband and wife? And I'm like, okay, I'm bringing in people. So yeah. stay tuned. But And everybody's experience is going to be way different on that. Yeah, way different. Just like every single wedding, it's never the same. Yeah, so For sure. Yeah, so I I really thank you and uh it, it, tell the listeners and the viewers how they could get in contact with you if they have any questions or if you have any yeah. uh, anything upcoming. Absolutely. So like I said, I'm an open book. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out. Um you can always hit me up on Facebook or whatever, Bobby Burns. Um uh, you can also feel free to check out YouTube. I'm doing a bunch of tutorial work on there, uh, really teaching the ins and outs of the wedding industry and what I've learned, as well as kind of just the general video and photo and content creator thing as well. Um, you can check that out, uh, youtube.com slash Bobby Burns, B-U-R-N-S. Um, yeah, we're doing videos as frequently as we can. So 
but wedding season always, you know, takes a little hit there. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so okay. Thank you so much. I hope when we visit, uh, when we visit you, we could have lunch or something because I really, yeah, really wanna wanna go there. When whenever we fly over, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We fly over that area. It just looks so nice <laughs> with all the lakes. Oh, so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll let you know. And um, thank you so much. All Sweet. the best Sounds to you. Good. Thank you. So there you have it. It's not easy to be consistent, but you just have to do it and maintain a certain amount of standard to be consistent. Guys, there's always temptation of new gear and styles will always distract you. So maintain your taste and always think about what makes you happy and what makes your customers happy. Because at the end of the day, that's it. That's the formula. I hope this episode helped you out. If you have any questions about this or just asking for advice, feel free to DM me because that's what I'm here for. We'll learn from each other. Thanks to the subscribers, listeners, and the other bosses out there messaging me and getting it done. I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out. Out.